This is In The Zone. I love Oprah. She, um, she was an interviewer who could get people to really open up. It didn't matter who came on her show when her show was still going. It didn't matter who came there. She was able to uh, make them feel comfortable, make them open up, get the tears going. And it was just always so intriguing to watch her be able to do that. So uh, she was definitely somebody who was um, influential for me growing up. On the In The Zone Network. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network. This is it. Hey everybody, this is Ashley Wright from Sports With Ashley, and you are listening to The Price Check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Checking in here on the In The Zone Network, going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to In The Zone. Guaranteed. We started the podcast in a couple different moods recently. The mood today is... um, we we gonna we gonna bring it back to to a, you know a cameo that we had from my man Eddie Murphy here a few months back. We got joy today. Joy. <laughs> we got joy today. You know, we, as we sit here and re- record this episode, um, we are in the fourth quarter of Game Six, Clippers and Nuggets. Right. Uh, we have three fourths of the conference final set. We've got both teams in the East, and we've got one team. In the Western Conference, <laughs> right? That was able to take care of business. Guaranteed. Like they should have. Like they should have. We had one other team that we thought was gonna come out and take care of business today that is currently not doing so. But in um, talking about you know conference finals being set, starting to show off uh, in the Eastern Conference, um, you got the Miami Heat, you got the Boston Celtics. Both have punched their tickets to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, quick shout out before we get into that preview. Quick shout out to the Tor- uh, Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet. Um, they played with a lot of heart in, in that series and coming back from what they they were almost down 3-0 and made it a seven-game series. Um, but relying a lot on two little guys, man, it don't really work out that well, you know, in yeah. the NBA. Um, it, it, you know, shame. They kind of fell apart towards the end. You had Norman Powell go get his shot blocked by Marcus Smart on what was a hell of a, a defensive play. Um, then you had Van Fleet, which I don't know what he was doing, trying to use the ISO at, at the end of the game with a bigger defender on him. But um, all in all, man, they're going home now, you know, going back to Toronto. Um, Boston, hell of a game out of Jason Tatum. Second youngest player ever in the playoffs with 25 points, 10-plus rebounds, and I believe 5-plus assists. Only player to do it at a younger age was Kobe Bryant. So, mm-hmm. great company for uh, St. Louis's own Jason Tatum to be in. Boston on their way to face Miami. Um, what I think is going to be just a great, great all-around series. Oh, and no doubt about it, man. I I can't really um, I can't really pick against Miami right now. <laughs> as much as I think that we are, we're probably in store for a Lakers Celtics finals. Mm-hmm. I can't pick against Miami. I'm right. taking I'm taking Miami in seven in that one. I'm okay. taking Miami in seven. I I would love to see Tatum get into the finals, get into his first finals. Yep. You know, 
the last couple years, you know, taking hard hits. And so I I think at this course right now, I think this is his time yeah. to beat her. So I'm gonna choose the Celtics in seven. Hey, this I, is gonna be a terrific it's gonna, series. It's great. Just so I'm ready with for us battles, man. Yeah, so when when we, you know, begin of the season anticipate a Lakers Clippers matchup in the West, you're hoping that on the opposite side of that you don't get left with a you know a dud, right? Right. This is probably our best case scenario given what we walked into the playoffs with. Like my Milwaukee, granted, that would have been, you know, great to see Giannis and all that, but I think just pound for pound and just how well these two teams are constructed, it's gonna be great basketball that comes out of this series. So um shifting gears now to the West. Talked about it a little bit. Joyful today. Joy. So Los Angeles Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2010. Um, yeah, especially for you. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time coming. But, you know, we we just seen some some dark days <laughs> with the Lakers, you man. Know, I'm shocked, man. Like, for real, like, I really never really realized it. That it was the first time in ten seasons. Yeah, you know, um, you know we didn't we didn't been through some seasons with the the Jody Meeks and Robert Sacre and, and those types of players on the roster where it was it was looking dark, man. But now you know LeBron James, Anthony Davis leading us to uh, to the promised land. What we you know hope is the promised land at the end of the year. Um, yeah, the they'll be there. So I'm already still. I'm not gonna stop what I said before. If the Lakers don't win. You know, Kobe's coming. The spirits is coming after him. After them, man. <laughs> yeah, so, look, that, that mama mentality got to be running through everybody right now, man. So, um, you know, they closed things out with the Rockets last night. Um, won't, we, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on the Lakers. One, you know, y'all know how I feel about the Lakers. But two, you know, we don't know who their opponent's going to be yet. Um, and, and there's also a lot more news to be talked about with the Houston Rockets. <laughs> One thing before you jump into that yeah. is – we, we spoke about it on the show. You see the Doc Rivers team, man. You know, we in the studio right now yep. we're watching the game. And you see him what's unfold. Like, you sit <laughs> yeah. there, you just said before we started. Why? And I told you why. Yeah. So, um, to, to kind of catch y'all up, man, we in studio, like I said, fourth quarter of game six. Uh, Lakers and Clip. I'm uh, sorry, not Lakers. Clippers and Nuggets. <laughs> Gosh, you see, my mind is somewhere else. Um Clippers and Nuggets, man. The Clippers were up, I think, as much as like 19, almost 20 points. Um, Denver goes on a 17-0 run, take the lead. They're up one, I believe, right now. Uh, timeout by the Nuggets. But <sighs> the Clippers got to take care of business, man. <laughs> like, there's really no ex- there's no excuse for it. You, you know, the, the thought, the actual regular season before everything got shut down, you know, back in March – Everything was about, okay, well, they haven't had their, you know, whole team together for a lot of games. They're still filling this thing out. Y'all been at full strength now for pretty much the entire time the playoffs have been going on. Yep. Montrez Harrell came back, I think, the game before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like, y'all, what, what excuse do y'all have? Y'all have what everybody has kind of thought to be the the best player, um, you know, in the in the league in Kawhi based on how he performed last year, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you got Paul George, you got Marcus Morris, Harold, um, Shamit, all those types of guys, man. You should be able to pull pull this off uh, in five games. Like this should not have been a series that goes six, let alone what might end up being seven as we watch a big you know bucket by Jokic. So. Um, the Clippers, man, they just they gotta stop turning this switch on and off. 
Like they have not done anything so far to deserve that on and off switch that they play with. Uh, Marcus Morris even said it, you know, this week. They are playing based off of how good they're supposed to be on paper rather than actually closing games out and finishing the way they need to. Exactly. And you're seeing it manifest right now. So, um, (laughs) as as much as me as Laker fan wants to see the Clippers and, you know, go ahead and put some – an end to that whole L.A. versus L.A. discussion, um – Y'all know it's much better for the show if we get to get some jokes out of the Clippers blowing this 3-1 lead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm here for, for any outcome, really. But um, what I want to spend some time on today, um, and for those of y'all just listening you know, or just joining the show, this is the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network. want to talk about these coaching vacancies. Yes. We've had some news come out both today and earlier in the week about a couple different um, coaching situations that are going to be much different going into next year. Um, starting with the team that we talked about that lost last night, the Houston Rockets. Um, Mike D'Antoni has informed the team that with his contract being up, he is not going to seek an extension with the team, um, but instead become a free agent as a coach. So, um, one, I think Houston is in trouble. Yeah. I, I think Houston is in trouble because you've built your roster to fit Mike D'Antoni's system, and now Mike D'Antoni's not going to be there. Problem number one. Um, problem number two is they don't have a draft pick this year. They don't have any salary cap room, and they don't have a young player on the roster that you feel like should be there moving forward. That sounds like all of the makings of a team that is going to find themselves rebuilding on accident <laughs> here in a year or two. <laughs> because, I mean, think about it. Like, we expect the Clippers and the Lakers to still be great going into next year regardless of what happens in the the rest of the playoffs. You expect Denver to be able to make some moves to stay, you know, in contention. Utah is still going to be in contention. Um, OKC, they're probably going to fall out of it now that they're, you know, they're mutually parting ways with Billy Donovan and probably looking to move on with Chris Paul, which we'll we'll get to in a second. Um, But you got a lot of teams in the West that are dangerous, man. So you can't. You can't take your situation for granted now and being a championship contender or so you thought um, and not doing anything to give yourself a better chance at that. So, you know, relying on guys like Daniel House, Jeff Green, um, you know, that's just not going to cut it night in and night out, you know, especially for a full season. So, interesting to see what happens there. As far as Mike D'Antoni goes, I've seen a rumor now that Indiana wants him to be the head coach there now they fired Nate McMillan um I've also seen that he is a candidate for the Philadelphia 76ers job I don't know if either situation really suits what D'Antoni wants to do <laughs> I like so Indiana what you got Sabonis who at this point, beside him and Brogdon are probably one A one B as far as who their best players are. Yeah. Um, I think they're probably gonna try to trade Oladipo. I don't necessarily know that that's a great move, but at the same time, that that's something that has been you know rumored out of Indiana here since they got eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, the I heard a, yeah that rumor that I heard that Golden State was looking at him. I was like, why? Well, why? Well. It, let me let me set the scene for you. Right? Okay, set it up. For let me. me set the scene for you. Mm-hmm. They got the number two pick in the draft. Correct. You probably don't have to move that to get Oladipo. Mm-hmm. You got Wiggins, who 
granted, we don't think Wiggins is great, but it's a contract that makes the trade work. Yeah. You got a couple other young pieces you can throw in there. Maybe, you know, that Minnesota pick next year that's top three protected. You get Oladipo, who can be another, you know, perimeter defender next to Klay Thompson. You move Klay down to the three. You got a backcourt of Oladipo and Curry. You could do a lot worse than that. And like I said, if you're able to keep that pick, and let's say you get a James Wiseman, now you got a you got a pretty nice lineup on your hands. Okay. With that said, are we pushing back toward the small ball effect, like what Mike D'Antoni was trying to attempt in Houston? Because that's what it sounds like. I get it that Clay Thompson is six seven, and he's a perimeter defender. Yep. Uh, moving him to the three, I guess. So that means you're moving Draymond to the four, right? Well, yeah, like Draymond was gonna play the four regardless. Or I mean, yeah. depending on what happens with that pick, he might he might be playing a little bit of small ball five like he was doing, you know, in the championship run. So you moving Wiggins again, or he's gonna is he gonna be relegated to bench duty? No, you you trading Wiggins if you get okay. Oladipo. Um, I, I I think Wiggins has some potential to be a good role player with the Warriors. I just don't think that's the intention that they have for him. Like I think they traded for him. Knowing that they were going to use his contract as a way to make another trade down the line, I don't think. I, I think they were doing the same thing with him that they did with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I like you, you're just using that piece to to maneuver yourself and maneuver the roster around your core group of guys. So, gotcha. um, I don't think either one of those situations is real good for Mike D'Antoni, um, especially not Philly. Like you're basically saying that you're going to have to get rid of. Embiid or Simmons or something like that will completely change how they're going to play because, or how Mike D'Antoni typically plays because there's no way um, that, you know, you do like the whole seven seconds or less of that up-tempo style uh, if you got Embiid, you know, as the anchor down low. So, mm-hmm. um, on to Oklahoma City. Interesting move that they made. Um, and, of course, you might hear some some slight pauses out of myself and Arlington here as we watch this this Denver and uh, L.A. Clippers game. Denver has now uh, built up a five-point lead <laughs> um, here in the fourth quarter as this time starts to dwindle down. So we might be looking at a game seven out west. Um, for OKC, they mutually part ways with Billy Donovan, um, somebody who I think – has proven himself as a top-flight coach in the NBA, especially given the coaching job he did this year. There's a lot of different situations that Billy Donovan can walk into right now and, you know, kind of upgrade the coaching situation. Um, I actually like him to go and coach that Philadelphia 76ers team as opposed to Mike D'Antoni. I think he's just used to coaching, you know, those combinations of bigger bodies and kind of playing around with those pieces. Mm -hmm. Um... And, I, I mean, I, I would like for him to go coach a young team like a, you know, New Orleans or Chicago. I think he's good in, you know, navigating those, you know, young attitudes and those young, you know, mentalities when it comes to, you know, developing their talent and everything. But um, I'm interested to see what OKC has planned. I think they're probably going to trade Chris Paul. Um you know, by the time this drops, you'll also hear me on the In the Zone show talking to Palmer Alexander about them uh, potentially moving Chris Paul to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Uh, which would pretty much be a win-win for both sides, at least in the short term. Um, but if you're OKC, do you also then move on from like a Dennis Schroeder 
who you could probably get some, you know, maybe at least a, a draft pick or two for, um, you know, some young players in return if this really is going to be a full-on rebuild. Yeah. Because I think that's like. the situation that they're facing right now. Because, of course, I think they were playing with house money this year. They were, yes. And Chris Paul was able to help maneuver, you know, that squad into becoming a playoff team because nobody, you or I, can sit here and say that the Oklahoma City Thunder was considered a playoff-bound team. No, I thought they were going to be a lottery team because I thought they were going to move Chris Paul around like the trade deadline or whenever, you know, he was able to be moved. And they were just going to tank this thing out. But, you know, that mentality that Chris Paul had, um, you know, having Schroeder, having Shea Gilgis, Alexander, um, you know, they were a hell of a team. Gallinari, you know, Steven Adams, they were in a lot of games. I mean, you saw it down to the wire when they were just, you know, in the playoffs. But, you know, moving forward, it kind of benefits them to just go ahead and say, hey, let's start this thing over. Let's see what type of team we want to be long term. You know, hold on to a piece like SGA yeah. and kind of build around him. Um, I just, I hope for their sake, because if, if you really think about the course of history for OKC, you know, 10 years ago, we look at them with Durant, Harden, Westbrook, and they're the team of the future, right? Right. They get to the finals one time with that team. The very next offseason, after losing the finals to Miami, they trade James Harden. They have not been back to the finals since. No. I think it's going to be a while before they are a true title contender again. Um, and Seattle fans are loving every minute of this. Yeah, and y'all heard me, you know, a couple weeks ago make the uh, make the lobby for <laughs> we see Jokic just hitting a ridiculous shot. Um Made you know the pitch for Seattle to get another NBA team, right? Um, yeah, we we need that because I obviously like OKC. They ain't even embraced you know none of the, the throwback nature of what their you know quote unquote franchise history is. We ain't seen a Sonics jersey. We ain't seen nothing. No Seattle, nothing. It's just been all OKC. And, and I need a team back in Seattle just so you know we can start trolling OKC for snatching their team again. But yeah, um, and them having success quicker than OKC did. Right. Right. So this is the Price Check Podcast here on the In the Zone Network. Um, now talking through some of these other coaching vacancies that we've talked about here in recent weeks, I actually brought you Arlington since we've been uh, you know kind of going back and forth about coaches that need a, a little bit more of a chance in the league. Yeah. Um, brought a few you know black coaches that uh, might need to be considered for some of these open coaching vacancies. So we talked about Wes Unsell Jr. Yep. Um, a hot name on the market right now. Um, I think if he's going to coach anywhere, it's probably going to be like a New Orleans or a Chicago, like a, you know, a younger team. I'd rather be. I'd rather be Chicago. Yeah, I, and I think he could do well with the Bulls, especially instilling like a defense first mentality with the yep. Bulls. I think that would be a great hire. Um, Darvin Ham, former NBA player. On the coaching staff right now with Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee. Yep. Um, former Milwaukee Bucks player, actually. Um, I think he could be a good hire again for, you know, a young up-and-coming team. New Orleans. Is um, you know, New Orleans, somebody like that. Now, again, you might look at one of those teams and they're probably looking for more of a sexy hire. But I think, you know, it's more about getting it right than it is about you, just getting the right name. You, you need the right guy. Yeah. In your system. If he fits that system, sexy or not, put him in there. Yeah, so um, Adrian Griffin, another one, former NBA player, I believe, with the Dallas Mavericks. He sits on Nick Nurse's coaching staff in Toronto right mm-hmm. now. Um, hasn't had his name floated out 
a lot, but uh, a lot of respect amongst coaches and execs in the league. So I imagine he'll probably get some interviews, uh, you know, with some different teams here throughout the offseason. You've also got Ime Udoka, who we talked about, you know, might end up being the, the successor to Coach Pop in San Antonio if they don't give it to Becky Hammond. But uh, that's, a, you know, another hot name that we talked about for, you know, a number of different teams, former uh, player himself as well. Two names that I want to throw at you that have not really been talked about, but two names I think might end up coming up out of nowhere as we get into the offseason. The first has been an NBA head coach before. The other is a current college coach. First name I'm going to start with is Mike Brown. Now, Mike Brown gets a little bit of a bad rap from not really getting the job done in Cleveland and LeBron's first stint there didn't really look good as a head coach with the Lakers when he was there for a few games um, but has shown that he could do well with young players and I think having some time as an assistant especially being an assistant with you know the Warriors and some of the teams that he's been on um, you know since his last head coaching job I think that might be something that has kind of instilled a little bit more of a uh, uh, you know good coaching spirit in him for, for lack of a better phrase um, and I think a young team could do well hiring a guy like Mike Brown who's been through some of those fires before, uh, you know, trying to compete for a championship, things like that. Right. The other name I want to throw at you, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Jawan Howard. He took the Michigan head coaching job. Yep. But we're also at a point now we don't know if we're getting a college basketball season. Mm-hmm. If an NBA team came to Jawan Howard, do you think he says no, or does he does he entertain it? I think he's going to entertain it. You know, it's it's the job opportunity of a lifetime. You know, for him especially. You know, him being a co- the other coach I want to throw out there is Patrick Ewing. And so, <laughs> I need. Uh, I had a good laugh out of Patrick Ewing the other night, and this is a little bit of a sidebar before we talk about seriously talk about his coaching fantasy because I think he could be a very good NBA coach given the right situation. Yes. Um, I got a little bit of a laugh out of um, the other night when Toronto lost and Van Fleet takes the uh, the ISO jump shot, step back or whatever, and there's that clip online of Patrick Ewing talking to one of his Georgetown players asking him when he's practiced that shot. How many times he's practicing and what he's taking, <laughs> and, and that's talking about that's what Nick Nurse is saying to uh, Fred Van Fleet right now. You know, when have you practiced that shot? When? I've never seen it. And so, you know, in, in thinking about Patrick Ewing as a potential NBA coach, um, again, you know, a lot of these teams that are looking to fill a, a head coaching vacancy are looking to get either through a rebuild or out of one, right? Or you know, in the in the instance of like an Indiana or Philadelphia, kind of looking to get over the hump. Sidebar: yeah. Paul George is sinking the Clippers. Yeah, they're down thirteen right Continue. now. We just you, we mentioned you know probably not even a whole like five minutes ago that they were down just four um, and make that sixteen. And they took down by with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So we'll be seeing a game seven in the Western Conference uh, in the second round with the Clippers and Nuggets. Um, back to some of these you know coaching situations though, I think Patrick Ewan could do well like you know. Again, looking at the Bulls, right? You think about some of the guys that they have to develop. Patrick Ewing would be great for somebody like Wendell Carter to lean on, Laurie Markman, those, you know, big guys that 
um, are trying to, you know, kind of find their game and things like that. Um, would love to see him, you know, get a chance in the league. Would love to see Juwan Howard get a chance in the league after being, you know, Miami's assistant uh, for so many years after playing. So um, that's a lot that's going to kind of, you know, shake up and change as we get through, um, obviously, the rest of the playoffs and into what is going to be a, a kind of weird offseason timing-wise uh, for the NBA. But obviously a lot to look out on now. As we kind of wrap the show up and finishing this, you know, game six here with the Clippers, um, Paul George is sinking the ship right now. I'm telling you, man. And I mean, he is sinking it by himself. Paul George is sinking the ship, and I think you're starting, you're starting to see something that I mentioned more so at the beginning of the year than down the stretch. But the Clippers don't really have a guy that is going to set other people up. And in playoff series like these, I think that's when that is most important. See, that's the bull crap that I'm talking about with Paul. Well, yeah, so I've never I've never been a fan, e- even outside of, like, the guys on the Clippers that do it, I've never been a fan of taking a bad shot just simply trying to draw a foul. Like, let the foul come, come naturally because the referees are not always going to give you that call. Exactly, and Paul has that bad. Like, when he they and was, will. Like, when they were uh, up like a couple of points, he was expecting that to happen. And I know this is a sidebar, man, because it's because it's, it's truly happening right now. As right. We're talking, and he has that so bad that they're gonna lose Game Seven if he does that again. Hey, man, look. The fact that they were up three-one, mind you. Fun fact: I like to throw out here about Doc Rivers. Pretty often. <laughs> the, look, and I'm, I'm really waiting on somebody to fact check me because I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers is the only NBA head coach to ever blow multiple 3-1 leads in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if, if there is another coach out there that I need to be trash talking on about blowing 3-1 leads, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers and is I'm, the only And one. I'm sad. I'm saddened by that. For real. Because Doc is a great coach. Like, let, like, don't hear me wrong in, when I when I joke on this. We here for the jokes. We here for the laughs. At the end of the day, Doc is a great coach. I joke on him because it's hard for me to believe that with some of the teams he's had, that he can allow his teams to get this far off track, having basically having the series in the bag. Stop having these mentalities that we got the series in the bag. You have to play every single game. Like, it's your last. Again, Marcus Moore said it this week. They've been playing as though they're just, you know, a good team on paper as opposed to actually finishing games and doing what they're supposed to. And now you win a game seven with the Nuggets. The Nuggets. And they don't have anything to lose. They were down 3-1 against Utah and came back and won. They were down 3-1 in this series, and they go into a game seven. No press, there's no pressure on them. That is no right. There's no pressure this on them. unbelievable. There's no pressure at all. And you know what? I, a, 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 homeboy said, a homeboy of mine said this online. The Clippers are, uh, in conference finals always get cursed. I mean, look, they've never been to – a conference finals in their history, and we could quite possibly, well, I think, you know, with today being Sunday, they'll probably play game seven on Tuesday. Correct. Um, we could very well look up on Tuesday and say that they're still not going to their very first conference hey, finals. Whoever, whoever gets to the conference finals, get ready to get that broom because you finna get knocked out. 
They finna sweep hey. you up. Even even if it's a gentleman's sweep. Look, the they, La- finna, they the, get you one. The, the Lakers have one. been very uh you know, very gentlemanlike throughout the the playoffs so far. Two two gentlemen sweeps now. Back the back. Lakers will be in the NBA Finals Look, when this series is in this series. Look, the uh, Nuggets and Clippers is over. I'm here for it, baby. I'm here for it. Y'all know. Look, this is the price. And I'm not happy with this at all, man. No, I'm not. Well, so the the problem is that you know the Clippers have gotten into a. A situation where the matchup problem of Jokic and not necessarily being able to rely on Patrick Beverly is starting to bite him in the ass. All you have to do, all you have to do, you see Jokic is always at the top. Make him put the ball on the floor. Granted, it's not going to matter because a lot of the shots he's throwing up is going in. But my point is, you would rather him saddle for two than bury you with a three and have a wide open shot at doing it. You would take him making a two-point basket anywhere inside, but on the outside when he's open, he's all he's money all day. Look, I, game seven is gonna be real. So I had I, I got man. I got a little bit hyped on that because well, no, they, but this should be over with. This should be over with. We should not never be, got here. We should not be look. They got Jokic getting the interview. We should not be seeing him right now. We should be seeing Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and we about. getting ready for Tuesday night with game one. Of the Western Conference Finals Instead Now we gotta wait Till Thursday Yeah Yeah Cause I think Um Schedule wise The NBA is also doing Game one of Miami And Boston On Tuesday So we might get Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals And That's good They skip seven. a day Yeah I'd rather them do that Yeah So Give them I, an extra day I guess for the first time In, in a few Yes A few weeks now No basketball tomorrow So That'll, yeah. that'll be I interesting I don't think Yeah because well, because of another sport, yeah, they'll be. It makes sense, yeah, because they're gonna take over, and then it's just gonna be nothing but an overload, yeah. So it makes sense. That's perfect. That's a perfect thing by the NBA to say we'll do the game on Tuesday. Yeah, pretty much. So, looking ahead, man, as we wrap this thing up, we next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about who you know came away <laughs> the winner of this game seven between Denver and the Clippers. Um, you know, we'll be catching up on where things stand in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, of course, by that time, also either previewing or, you know, looking at maybe game one or two of the Western Conference Finals. So, um, as always, hey, thank Malika. you to my... <laughs> right. As always, thank you to my man, all into the A-Train lane. Um, not only contributing to the show, but handling everything for me production-wise. Um, you know, show, as always, brought to you by the In The Zone Network, capital T-H-E. V in the zone network going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You've listened to the Price Check Podcast. This is your host, Josh Price. Checking out. This is in the zone.
the In The Zone Network.